Welcome back to the Host Podcast, a podcast all about HBO's Westworld. I am Doug Nori, that is James Davis. And we are going to talk about episode five, Trump Loy, I think I'm saying that correctly. And I mean, this is kind of what we've been waiting for, I suspect. I, like if, the, if there's an episode that will probably end up sort of defining the tone, the overall tone of the show, I think this was it. Um, yeah. sum up our text exchange, um, of yesterday th- after we had both watched the episode. Um, can you sum it up pretty easily? Well, you texted me and said Westworld first. And I said, I haven't seen it yet. And then you just said Westworld. <laughs> and then I went back and watched it and I texted you back and said, holy effing Westworld. <laughs> right. This and we w- called it. I said, we, we really did. I mean, we spent a lot of time. Well, so we're going to get really into this, but we have spent a lot of time on our previous episode, our previous podcast episodes talking about the theory behind Bernard is a host. And there was, you know, mounting evidence that that was the case. And sort of once you got that stuck, look, you can be wrong a hundred times, mostly about theories and then patch yourself. Spoiler alert, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is your first one. <laughs> right. Okay, well, whatever. I mean, if, you're, if you, I'll put it we're in the show notes. Yeah, point, yeah, I mean, this is Tuesday. We're, we're recording later than most podcasts anyway. So, um, you know, we once you know with television theories like this, it's easy to be wrong ninety nine times and then really pat yourself on the back for the for the hundredth time where you are right. Although this one was one we had talked about for multiple episodes in a row with the mounting evidence that this was that this was going to be maybe not the end. This wasn't going to be the end story for Bernard, but this was definitely going to be a thing. Like whether there were hosts living in in the facility, whether Ford had sort of planted some of these guys in there, and it turns out to be the case. And then unfortunately, it turns out to be the case in just like the most brutal just the most basically the most brutal way possible. So like re- let's rewind to that final scene. We'll kind of work backwards because this is an episode where it's worth I think working backwards back to the start. Um the final scene, where was it where did it fully click for you that this was kind of Bernard's fate? Well, I get I mean it had to be when they get out to that house because it seems for sure seems like he's just trying to, you know, make some last ditch effort to like save his job or you know, to show Teresa what's going on or whatever. And then they get in there and she says, oh, what's behind this door? And Bernard says, what door? Yeah. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this, is not, this isn't going to go how you hope it is, Teresa. Um, yeah, that was, I, I got chills when that happened. Yeah, the door thing was when it really, when it really finally clicked for me where I had, you know, we had had inklings up up until it, but that was the point where the, the writers were basically saying like, if you can't figure it out by this reference, then we're just going to need to have, Bernard bash her head in and then you'll finally realize, you know, um, but you know, when he can't see the door, when he's programmed to not be able to see things that will harm him, you know, and it's funny too, because he's able to also walk through the door, which I thought was interesting. Like the light where he is able to, he doesn't see the door at all until sort of she opens it and then he's able to see it. And then they get down into the basement where, you know, it's like this, you know, that mini little laboratory that Ford is sort of requisitioned off to the side and he's doing his own secret things. But then there was the other piece where she looks at the, she's looking at the um, the schematics and she sees the Dolores schematic and the boy whose name I forget, um, the little, what's that boy's name? Robert. Robert. Um, the little, that's right, little Robert. And then turns around and says, uh, Bernard, what's this? And then you kind of just know it's going to be another sort of huge reveal. Do you, are you able to like feel for Bernard's character? I mean, you know, he's a robot. Like, what are your feelings about Bernard's like sort of as a character now? Like knowing that he's a robot, but he also sort of has these feelings. Like, I'm wondering, how do we even feel about Bernard here? Well, I think, I mean, he's an excellent character. Um, It also speaks to why 
like we've talked about how the only good people in the show are the hosts and it was like maybe Bernard and it turns out well Bernard's just a host too so <laughs> right. uh, that's kind of where that comes from I mean I think he's actually like there were so many signs of this in the past and actually and I'll point to right in the beginning of the episode it starts with Bernard uh in a dream and it like I was actually taking notes before the big reveal. I'm looking at my notes now mm-hmm. um, saying it says wakes up with his kid. Uh, and it's, it's another Alice in Wonderland reference. Um, it, this looks exactly like Dolores waking up in the day. Um, right. And, and then of course it's a dream. And we know that a lot of the host memories are come from their dreams, right? When they played other characters or dreams that have been specifically implanted. So I was like, Ooh, another sign. This is going to be the big reveal, like four episodes from now. So it still certainly caught me off guard, but um, but I think Bernard is, is kind of an example and the text pointed to this when they talked to Maeve where if you just write your hosts with these different specs that they're capable of tons right and so this is kind of this is an old sci-fi meme as well but this idea that when machines can start to write their own code or write code themselves that's the really explosive possibility of kind of the singularity and, and when humans and machines like their intelligence becomes kind of blurred um, and so yeah it's there's so much depth there now, and I think they're going to, I think, do a pretty uh, judicious job of exploring that territory. Well, it was so brutal to watch him, too, because it was like this, like, so he's been dealing with this, you know, the idea behind grief. He'd had the the grief um, sort of like, you know, code implanted in him about his son. But then to, like, have this secondary level of grief where he realizes that, like, I'm a, I'm a father. I can't be a host. Like, how could this be possible? Like that little sort of like oh, the thought when the thought tree is hitting errors, like sort of what we saw with that visual from Maeve the week before where you oh, know, yeah, she you was, could just see that. Right? right. That was like, that was the visual representation of that happening to him right there where it's like, doesn't compute, doesn't compute. Like, how can this be? Like my whole world is my son and my wife that I speak to, you know, via Skype or whatever the upgrade to Skype is. I'm sure Skype's been bought out by this point, but um, <laughs> the, uh, well, and it's a callback to, uh, Dolores, right? When he offers to Dolores, like, do you want to not feel this anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, no, this is like where all my humanity comes from. And, and I think he's kind of feeling that too. Like, holy shit. Like none of this is real. Oh my, like I'm, I am not, uh, what? <laughs> like, right. He just starts short circuiting and a very, that was, I thought more intense than the revelation that he was a host. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, you mentioned how the big piece, you know, the, the tipping point for singularity is computers being able to write their own code. The difference with him is, you know, it's he still has sort of um, restraint programming put on him where he doesn't totally know. So while he probably could at some point and will and will at some point unlock the full potential of his robot host capabilities, he simply doesn't have it right now because he's still very firmly under the control of Ford. So, like, they haven't totally reached that point yet, though it's clear now that that's where they're going. Um, with Bernard, yeah, it was totally brutal. And then, like, for him to just sort of, you know, turn it on, and the the, the scene where he, you know, you got to feel bad for Teresa being that blood sacrifice that they had alluded to earlier in the episode mm. when she's talking to um, the board member, but uh, Charlotte. So they, you know, that's just that whole scene of him sort of like taking, like, just you know, the the finality of that scene was. Yeah, that was the best scene, most brutal scene, but yet best scene that Westworld's put out yet. And it's going to be pretty hard for them to top it because they basically have been working six episodes in or five episodes into this reveal. And now the next thing would be like, you know, the possibilities behind the maze. But up in, uh, short of that, like this is about as big of a reveal as you as you can get. And it was just, yeah, it was just totally, totally brutal to watch. Yeah, I mean, we have there's still a lot more questions in play, right? Like what's the deal with William and Dolores and you know, are they really going to try and go off past that river? Like there's other stuff going on for sure, but this was a huge culminating moment. 
And actually, I think one of the parts that hit me emotionally was when Teresa looks at Ford and she gets that moment of awareness mm-hmm. and she says, wow, you're really fucked up <laughs> or something right. like that. And you're like, yeah, this guy is insane. Like he's got this secret laboratory down here. He's making these hosts. And not only that, he sends one in and no is knowing full well that he's having this affair with this real life woman. And she thinks it's real and he thinks it's real. Like his God complex is pretty off the chain at this point. I think you can pretty safely say. It's really interesting with him, with Ford that is, about – Okay, like he's clearly a bad guy, right? One thing, so I'm not, I'm not going to contest that at all. Like anyone, sure looks like, well, of course, <laughs> of course. Any, no, 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 no. I know, and this is why it's going to make the, what I'm going to say here. I'm going to, I'm really going to preface this by, so I'm going to do everything I can to preface this. Um, he's clearly a bad guy. His motivations are clearly um, self, self interested, and I do feel like at some point we're going to again wonder about Ford like right now it's clear it's like clear binary good and good and evil you know black and white he is he's black full black hat at this point I I do get the sense that I I almost guarantee that some other point either in the season or we are questioning again like whether or not like how bad he is does that make sense what I'm saying like he because I just think that we're going to have more information revealed like this has been like an ongoing war between these two factions the board and him you know like this has been that they, well, they, then they have this, this nefarious research project that they alluded to, right? Like that was a new question opened up by this episode where yes. uh, Charlotte says, oh, do you really think we care about like these host profiles and these guests coming here and like doing whatever? Like we've got much bigger fish to fry than that. And you're like, well, what are those fish to fry? You know, and like uh, Ford has talked about being suspicious of the money people and their goals and and all that stuff. And like, yeah, it could be that they're just up to trying to supplant the human race or like he's, right. he's somehow wise or has overheard conversations. I mean, he points out once again that I built every inch of this park. You right. Know, like it's uh, my Anthony Hopkins is just so good, by the way. I feel so like so spot on. I've yeah, got, it's really <laughs> I've got great. Another another career in the future as just an Anthony Hopkins impersonator. Yeah, you're going to um, need to put on like 40 years, but yeah, you'll get there. And then first be- about a voiceover, like if he dies, say, before the Westworld season two comes out, sure. like if they. If you just know the people at HBO, anybody, just let them know I am available if they want that help. So. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, I think that we end up becoming, again, like the show, you know, plot plot narratives and like writing want you to fully believe the thing that, that you last saw, right? Like that's the goal of TV shows because it wants to throw you off kilter when the opposite tend, ends up being true. Like, um, and I just have this feeling, like you said, with the board that we find out that their actions are like maybe just pretty evil. Like, for instance, the person that they send from the board, Charlotte, I mean, again, Westworld just cannot get out of its own way with terrible characters. Like, they just can't, like, they simply have not figured out, like, there are so many, every episode just seems to have this one character that is so unbelievable that as to the point of, like, for me, almost submarining an entire scene, Charlotte is the character here, like, where um, she comes, she has, she's having sex with the host, she's, just couldn't care less about anybody. Answers the door naked. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I get it. I mean, people maybe have less inhibitions and this is just, you, we want, we don't want to be, con- like, so for Charlotte, they don't want you to be confused at all about her. They're like, she sucks, right? <laughs> like, I think, I mean, yeah. I suspect this game. It just, these, some of these characters just each week, they're just, they just can't stop throwing it at you. But anyway, it it's clear too that like the board sending this person who's kind of just seems horrible, 
they're not great either. And so I think that in the end, I think that's going to be a longer arc than we think. I think we're going to get this longer arc. I think we're going to end up probably in subsequent episodes going to get more backstory just on Ford and like what has led him to this point because yeah. he's clearly right. He's like, you know, he's in total charge. Like I was actually wondering even too, you know, he makes mention of the blood sacrifice. If he was monitoring that whole entire conversation between Charlotte and, uh, Teresa because the host was in the room right like so that yeah well that's I was going to bring that up as well um that like how Ford kind of knew that I didn't even actually think that the host was in the room and that's how he might have known that actually makes much more sense but back to his like I'm monitoring everything in this park or like I built this whole park or whatever like it just wouldn't so like his omnipotence in that environment in Westworld is just complete it seems like yeah. um mm-hmm. and so he also just kind of stays in the park and I, and I guess like we we also learn that the board the real leverage that Ford has over them is this ability to flip the switch and erase everything yeah. and you know again they allude to the research project and the importance of that but I wonder if like he sees Teresa almost in like a a Snape killed Dumbledore sort of fashion where mm-hmm. it's like Whoa, yeah, this speaking isn't, of spoiler, this isn't my buddy. first choice. Yeah, yeah no, well, hey, if you're just getting into Harry Potter, <laughs> sorry about that. Snape does kill Dumbledore, <laughs> and it's real sad. <laughs> but then it turns out Snape is good, so you don't need to read the seventh book either. Um, but <laughs> but but in the old fashion of like uh, like this isn't the best or like this this isn't the best choice. I don't feel good about this choice necessarily, but this person has been duped. They are like sneaking around and they're doing this other stuff. I still don't. I mean, it's still this was still pretty cold blooded about the worst way you could murder someone. So oh, sure. we're probably back in the old HBO shades of gray territory here. But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I, I think we're going to get reasons to be more sympathetic with Ford in the future. No question about that. Well, it was awesome too, because he makes the mentioning. He's like, you know, the board likes to test me every once in a while. Um, every, every once in a while, they like to test me to sort of see, you know, like she, in this case, Teresa was the test, send her there and see if she can like get under, you know, get beneath sort of some of the layers and get some of the information, maybe sway him a little bit. Uh, you know, you wonder also like what the other tests in the past have been. Um, I don't think it's each time they send someone just to get straight up murdered. Um, it's been, mm-hmm. I, I suspect we see other sort of games of just sort of like games of intrigue or espionage or whatever it is on the part of the board to try to figure out like just how far this guy will go or just how dangerous he is. But yeah, he clearly holds... He holds all the cards at this point. And, you know, when she doesn't show back up on the map, at some, you know, she's just she's going to be disappeared. This is going to be a tough one to explain, like, where this person has gone. You know, they well, we already have precedent for that, though, right? Because the same exact thing happened to Elsie. And then, although I guess you could just argue that the, the people that would be monitoring that were the people that took her away. So we still don't know what Elsie's fate is as of this point. But. Um, well, Ellie, she—I mean, she could just be a host. Also, this is where you just don't know. Like, she could just simply be a host, like Bernard, that um, is trying to figure things out, or you know, she, because like the a host uncovering that plot wouldn't be out of bounds because that plot was working against Westworld. You know, like so it's like, like you know when they only Bernard knows that she's gone on leave or whatever. It wouldn't shock me to she just is another host. Uh, uh, that being said, I guess we, we don't have any evidence that that's the case. So I'll just like assume that she's real for now. But yeah, I mean, we can't rule it out for sure. But there's no like there was no hints, right, that she could possibly be anything other than a person. Like, remember, the host like has the rock over her head and then smashes his own head. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cool. I think the signs are that she's a person. I, and I do I suspect also that we see her again. Like, I don't think that they're just going to have the last scene of her just be sort of whisked away out of that theater. I think that she is somewhere doing something. I just that's just typically how these shows work. I'd be shocked if, 
you know, this isn't like The Sopranos, The Russian, and The Forest, where you just like, whatever happened to that guy? We never saw him again. And then the, the, the show just kind of ended, and we just never figured out that, where that guy went. <laughs> right. Like, um, I don't think that's going to be the case with her character. I think that she makes an appearance somewhere back in there. And just, yeah, the Ford thing, I, I just do think we kind of revert back to wondering more about him in the future. This is, it, it's, it's, he's, he's probably now one of the single most interesting characters to maybe... And that's come along in television for a while, I think. Because... Oh, I think so, too. I mean, and, and just, like, the ramifications of, like, it, it very frequently shows do a poor job of giving someone this much power because then you're like, it's just become, it's Superman, right? Superman yeah. is an uninteresting hero because uh, there's kryptonite and you have to come up with all these contrived situations where kryptonite shows up and, like, makes him weak for a second, whatever. But with Ford, like, he is Superman inside of the context of Westworld. And he has this other leverage, but he's still he's still held back by the checks and balances on him or the money people still do have some control. Right. Like, you know, he has this dead man's trigger where he can ruin their day. But if they just decide, forget it, who cares about this guy? Like, I'm sick of dealing with this guy. They can deal with him pretty handily, I would imagine, you know. Um, So I I do want to segue, though, because there's another interesting Bernard theory that I read that said, well, that put forth, what if Bernard was actually a real person at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two theories, actually. The first, And, and I, I'm going to get them out there so we address both because I just don't want to forget. So the first one is, what if Bernard was a real person who eventually got too close and was killed and was reprogrammed? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one worrying theory. And that just explains why, like, you know, he's around. No one asked questions why he's, you know, when they did a background check on him, it turned up or whatever, right? Um the next question is, is Bernard actually a host that Arnold programmed way back in the day? I mean, and there have been people who have thought Bernard has been Arnold all along or, or is a host version of Arnold. That's another floating theory. But the, that he was controlled or written by Arnold back in the day. And that's why Ford still does seem to ask him these questions, like trying to probe for information. Like, were you with us in those days, Bernard? You know, like trying to because mm-hmm. theoretically, if he programmed the guy, he should know everything about them. But he still does seem to want to like unwrap and dig more into Bernard, you know. So um, yeah, it's clear. So that he has, what, do you, what do you make of those two theories? I I can the, the part where the part where he was a real guy that was reprogrammed. That one doesn't really hold a ton of water for me. I'm just not sure why it would matter. You know what I mean? Like, so like he was. So the idea would being that he was a head programmer there. Ford didn't like the direction things were going. He kills him hmm. or creates a host version of him. Kills him. And then just inserts the host version into the story right where Bernard left off. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, I, I don't really have a take one way or the other. It, it makes sense. I'm not sure, like, if it ends up, like, mattering. What does like, it add to the story? Like, exactly. Yeah. We already know Ford's a bad guy. Like, we already know he's willing to kill people that are against his self-interest. So, like, just having another example of it would just be sort of, okay, we already we understand that. We already know he can do something like that. It could be well, definitely. It would answer the question of how Bernard got the job in the first place. I guess that's, like, the, the big question is if there's these money people and they're, like, sort of all powerful and they're really suspicious about their IP. Like there's a pretty serious vetting process and NDAs, even in like lines of work, like what we do in our day job, right? Which is the <laughs> daily fantasy sports industry, a right. lot less serious than, than this. Right. So it stands yeah, to reason you, that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it stands to reason that people would take all the most precautions by they're mm-hmm. turning the kingdom over to Bernard, right? He has like basically a Ford level power inside the park. 
Um, and it seems odd that they would just like give that to him without vetting him first. But I suspect there are just inconsistencies within the writing of Westworld about like who knows what and where people come from. I mean, unless we get some big reveal about what the outside world is actually like, there's been major inconsistencies about just the overall security of the place. The Maeve character is like the classic example of like, I mean, how good could security be here? I mean, these two dopes are basically like turning on full AI, you know what I mean? Into something, into like some superhuman thing. We'll get to her in a second, but I, I just don't know him being a human. I'm just not sure what it would add to it. The part where he was programmed by Arnold and, and Hopkins is keeping, or Ford's keeping him around to sort of continue trying to get down, you know, peel away the onion as much as possible. That one actually mm-hmm. does make sense to me, um, just from the sense of, like, you know, you need that. It wouldn't make sense to have, okay, he can, Ford can program a, a guy, you know, a character or a host to do whatever it is he wants, but it wouldn't make sense to, like, continually ask things of him i don't think like unless you have like some ulterior motive so i can see i can see that part of it being true again i'm like not sure what it totally adds to it but it definitely makes sense yeah i mean the things it would add theoretically are you know it it would it would make forward less powerful which i think is helpful for the overall storyline which they're going to need they're going to need that at this going forward that's what i mean so like but if he's everything right if he has it's the old uh seinfeld you know the two keys to launch a missile out of a submarine sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. Arnold seems to be the other key to this equation where Ford is mostly all powerful, but there still is, he still has motivations, right? Because all powerful people don't have any more motives. They're just all powerful. <laughs> so they just hang around, you know, doing whatever the heck they want. Um, but for Ford, he is trying to figure out, you know, what's the deal with this maze, right? Like what's the deal with uh, these hosts that are acting out in certain ways that even he has trouble predicting. Right. So it's a, uh, it's like he's he's definitely not all powerful and he still has more to learn. Um, no, no, and that would make sense from like the the kryptonite standpoint. Like he needs some kind of kryptonite and it can't just be like the board sending in people like Charlotte to try to just get all the data before he's able to turn it all off. Like the the kryptonite for him, right, is not knowing. Like there's there are certain aspects of the park that he still doesn't understand. Um the board doesn't know that. The board is really not a threat at all. The only threat to him is the things that he can't control. And the things he can't control are like whatever the hell Arnold did before he tapped out. So, um, yeah, I, right. You do need to introduce some sort of weakness for Ford, and that's probably it. It would make sense to have as many carryovers from the past um, that can like offer him some sort of resistance. Now, it's not Bernard in this present state, but like Bernard. At some point, Bernard's going to come, also going to come online and realize, like, look what Daddy did to me, sort of thing. Like, which I suspect is going to be an issue too, because Bernard is another character that has full access to, or I mean, up until this point, seemingly had full access to the hosts and programming and everything like that. Has not woken up to the idea that Ford is is essentially his father and has treated him pretty goddamn bad, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to be. And I think that the other the other sort of weakness for Ford, and I'm wondering about this in context of you know how outside parties are going about their sort of um taking over or figuring out westford like the man in black fits this case too right so the board has this idea that they want all this data and they're going about it by trying to up you know data uplink it and steal it and threaten him and do whatever it takes but we also know the man in blacks from the outside world as well and his motivations are might actually be in line with the board that they're trying to get all this stuff but he's just going about it a totally different way right like they're going about it like through the threatening and sending random people and doing whatever and he's just kind of like no i'm just going to get inside this thing and i'm going to figure out the secrets that way 
And I just wonder if like that, you know, the man in black still poses like a significant threat to Ford also. Yeah, that could be. Um, we'll, we, you know, we don't see the man in black himself in this episode, no. but I think that we'll, uh, it's heading in a direction where he's going to be kind of the main feature of the next episode, because this, you know, in, in the way of good writing, um, this kind of ties off this one loop. And I actually think when, with the Bernard story, you know, he'll be more of a bit player as we go forward with the rest of the season. And we focus more on this William and Dolores, Man in Black, uh, you know, all those kind of connections and, and where those are going to shake out. Well, and then we have the, and we'll get to William and Dolores in a second, but the Maeve thing, which we talked about a second ago, the Maeve thing where she's, you know, coming online and basically threatening, she's she's overriding her direct uh, direct imperative to not harm humans. At least she's able to threaten them, and it seems pretty serious when she's threatening those two flunkies that are down in the lab that have now turned her on to her full capacity. She, Her idea here, I mean, I think she says something along the lines of, like, I want to get out of here, right? And I'll, and I'll kill you if I don't. I'm wondering how that, like, plays out. Because one thing, to, to get her out um, would mean, obviously, like, exiting the world of Westworld. So I'm not sure, like, that's totally where the direction of the show goes. But, like, how do you see her character... On her mission now is, you know, she's fully online, right? And so how do you see her mission sort of playing out here in like in and how it relates to the rest of the story? Because right now it seems disconnected from the rest of the story, sort of, but not totally. Mm. So I'm like, it's, it's, it's a totally different plot line in some ways, but in some ways it's totally interconnected. So I'm just like, I'm wondering sort of like what the, where they, where they end up dovetailing. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that from like a literary perspective. You're like, <laughs> like in the Game of Thrones way, you're like, well, right now this guy's on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Right. <laughs> I know he's going to land somewhere and uh, and interact with some of these other characters. Yeah, Maeve is an interesting case. I mean, first of all, she gets a like she's got to be bummed because she ought to have had the most badass moment of the week when she asked the the uh, the text, "How many times have you died?" Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, this is not really someone who uh, who you want to mess with necessarily, but. Um, I, I don't really – it's hard for me to picture exactly where that's going to circle back around. I mean she's had connections with basically every guest that comes through the park. You know, She's mm-hmm. in, in one of those first stops right there in the main town. Um, you know, We have the similar themes with Dolores and William wanting to get out of the park. Uh, with Maeve, it sort of seems like her goal is not to just walk – keep walking west where the water meets the sand or whatever, but mm-hmm. to actually just like exit out of what they call the mesa. Um, thank God we have a name for that dumb office now. It seems like we could have had that earlier in the season, right. but to just like exit, just to like put on a coat and leave. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you have a sense where you think that's headed? Yeah. If I were to guess, I suspect that her role is like sort of that, like savior role of making the rest of the hosts realize what they're what like so she's come on like so the first point of enlightenment is like you become enlightened and then you try to bring others to enlightenment right and so if i were to guess her thing would be within the world where she kind of like okay so she i don't think she's gonna she's not gonna hop on the next train right the next train out and just head back into the world you know and just be like oh lean off i'll take in the sights i think what her thing ends up becoming is you know bringing on characters like bernard or i mean clementine but she's lobotomized at this point it appears um although again i wouldn't be surprised if we saw her reincarnate in some kind of way but um the you know her role ends up becoming hey everyone look at what's happening to you and actually this is how you over this is how you override this thing you know this is how we turn your cognitive levels up to 50 instead of 10 you know um and that she ends up becoming sort of the she becomes the real resistance right like up until this point i was like okay the man of black sort of the resistance and it's like whatever's happening with you know it's sort of in, inside the world the west world 
But I suspect, if I were to guess right now, that is where her character arc goes. That she is the person that brings the, she brings the host online in a way that like maybe Ford couldn't have seen happening. So that's really, that's like kind of the only way I see her, not the only way, I'm sure there's other ways, but like that's the way I see her story wrapping up into the larger narrative arc. Yeah, I think that's, that could be spot on. I mean, we see it coming from a lot of different angles now, right? Like, or I guess like, you know, if you picture Westworld as a tapestry, all these different threads that are kind of unraveling and yeah, it's certainly unraveling on the Maeve level. And that, it, it seems like that's kind of the, uh, the physical resistance level, right? Like where she could theoretically, she's like threatening bodily harm to the people that work in the park. And even the, the rather tense scene where they come in to get Clementine out of there yeah. and she grabs the knife and she holds it and she's like, oh man, I'm going to just stab these guys here. Um, and she certainly is the one that's most angry and the most aware of the injustice inside the context of the park. Um, and I, but it is kind of interesting too, because we, we, I think forget sometimes about this critical failure piece. Like what was that? What was this critical failure from the past that we don't have our finger on just yet? Because like, because we know, I mean, if if we buy into the storyline, which I think you and I do still, that the man in black is William yep. in the future, and we know that that he gets kind of jaded, right? Like he's obviously just totally in love with Dolores in this early in this early timeline, and we know that if that is in the same timeline, well, that Maeve doesn't kill everyone at least inside of the thirty years that they're there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess Maeve's timeline could be on the on the man in black timeline. But she meets William and Logan. I don't know. It gets so complicated with the host because they don't age. So I never uh, thought about – I never considered the part of Maeve's timeline not being on the same timeline. I mean they've done a really good job of just not overlapping um, any scenes with it, with her or really anybody else. I mean – well, that's I actually go back and watch it. But I think, I think that no, William she, and Logan do come in and they overlap, don't they? They do. With, with Maeve? Yeah, yeah. When they first get to Westworld, she, they go to her brothel. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm sitting. realizing too. And Ellie, um, she – Elsie, Ellie, the, the tech, Elsie. Yeah. She um she actually comes down into that warehouse or into that lab part, and while they're while they're uh, going on with Maeve, um so actually that does that overlaps into the current day timeline. So um yeah, I just don't I just see she's clearly a critical thing. I think what she ends up doing is you know she back ends up entering the world again, entering Westworld again with just like this newfound knowledge, and especially if she knows how to you know you were saying before like when when uh, AI can write its own code. Um, right. then, then you see, she, so unlike Bernard, her constraints have been taken off. Right. And like, so now she doesn't have working knowledge of, you know, how to use the iPads or whatever, but, um, <laughs> but, but it doesn't seem like, you know, she's like when, when Neo gets plugged into the matrix and he's like, kind of give me everything. Right. Like, and he's like, I want right. to learn how to fly. I want to learn all this, you know, I want to learn all the Kung Fu and I want to learn how to fly this helicopter and like, kind of give me everything. I see her in like that stage of just kind of give me everything right now. Like the way that the techs are going to be able to help her is just to kind of continue to bring her as much online as possible. So anyway. Well, right. And we know that she can't upgrade her own code yet because she keep, needs to keep dying to show back up in the tech thing and make like further and further demands. But yeah, once it once she gets to that level, and I think perhaps more, once she can interact with, like if she sees these hosts, these other people around her, and she perceives them to be in danger, like what happened with Clementine, then she will probably demand at some point, like I need to be able to access other host code like we need to do something about this and that's why and that's why it was very that's why it was um necessary for her to see clementine come to her demise right like right just so that she could understand the stakes exactly the stakes are my friends are all going to die and all these people i know are just like totally at the hands of these overlord suppressors that just want to keep us down and just use us as toys um 
And yeah, that's basically how revolutions start. Yeah, and actually, I want to get to William and Dolores in a second, but I did forget to bring up one other point that I saw online, and this ties back to Bernard, so apologies for being scattershot. But hey, if you like Westworld, then you like scattershot anyway. So um, this is back to the old Bernard equals Arnold theory, uh, and this is, I, I think, you know, it's it's a relatively unsupported theory by and large. I mean, it, basically, you have to assume that the two timelines theory is true already, which, you know, you and I do, but some people don't agree with that. And, um, but the really compelling one I thought was this idea that, okay, so we have these Bernard interviews with Dolores, right? And so if Bernard is just a host and he's interviewing Dolores and, you know, there's like people are lying, like both of them are kind of being a little bit dishonest. Like mm -hmm. it just, it just wouldn't really make sense fully. Right. Like, and particularly when Bernard goes in and he suggested Dolores that she could find the maze and that that would be, you know, this thing that she ought to consider if she wants to be free. Um, I thought that was really like the point that this person made was if Bernard is totally under the control of Ford, why the hell is he doing that? <laughs> you know? right. um, but if Bernard, if the current construction of Bernard is just a host version of the old Arnold, then that makes a lot more sense, right? Because then those interviews would take place in the past and Arnold would have been interviewing Dolores and kind of, uh, and, and another interesting thing from that is uh, Dolores was wearing clothes in those interviews too, which is not what they normally do in the lab. Like it seems like mm -hmm. they're, for whatever reason, their um, protocol is to have all the hosts be naked maybe so they don't hide weapons or, you know, they can notice unusual, who knows why, right? But um, that, that, those are the only interviews we've seen with host and tech where the host wears clothes. Um, Could be Evan, Evan Rachel Wood's uh, agent just did a pretty good job of just writing the no nudity thing into her contract also. Um, but the, Except uh, she's, been, she's been naked in many other scenes though. Darn it. That was <laughs> yeah, well. So that was a bad job by you there. <laughs> Boo, oh. uh, but, but then it, it also points to uh, when Ford comes in and he has to make this, he has this huge emotional reaction to another host wearing clothes and he shows like, mm -hmm. we can't be modest, like these aren't people, you know, they're hosts and he cuts the cheek of the host. They only feel what we tell them to feel sort of thing. Um, so that that could be like a, that's an, like an old, another old Arnold thing that he really doesn't, doesn't like or whatever, you know? So, um, I don't know, but I, I thought that, I thought that was a fairly compelling, another little piece of evidence towards the old Bernardold, as they call him, Bernardold, <laughs> like Bernardold that. theory. <laughs> that's the best part of that theory actually is that name. The, uh, well, it's interesting. I'm going to name my next son. If I have a fourth son, I'm going to name him Bernardold. The, uh, <laughs> give me the giggles, buddy. The, um, um, I think that one thing Westworld is going to be great, I think great for, will be rewatch, right? Because okay. once, if we if we subscribe to the idea that like the writers are, a lot of the stuff is very purposeful, even when we think it's not. So like, because actually really my only, my only two issues with the show so far have been a couple of the use of characters, and that's really not the writer's fault. That seems yeah, just, casting. just yeah. casting, just general, like some just lazy sort of just dialogue more than anything else. That plus some of the nonsensical gun scenes that we've thankfully been mostly able to cure going forward, um, like the no-stakes shootouts. Other than those two things, I have a feeling it, it, you just almost can't do it on a professional level if you're this level of writer it, to not have most things be very purposeful, especially when you have it a first-season endgame. Most shows are pretty good about having at least a first-season endgame um, built in. Maybe, you know, They struggle sometimes when it goes beyond that because they're like, hmm, you know, we weren't sure if this was going to get picked up. We kind of had the idea, but now we're not sure how long it's yeah, going to sure. go. Like Lost ran into this problem. Um, like Whereas like Breaking Bad did not run into this problem, right? Like he, Vince Gilligan had a set endpoint. He was like, I only need six seasons to tell this whole story and I'm done. And um, so right. some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes writing can struggle when you have uh, open-ended dates on how long you're going to go. But 
like I said, typically first seasons don't because you at least plotted that out from the beginning. And I think Westworld was really going to this uh, Westworld, I suspect, will really stand up to the rewatch when you know, like, so when you're aware of like who the man in black is and who William is and who Bernard is and how all these guys are, I have a feeling you'll go back and be like, oh, that may, how do we not see that? I just I, and like, I don't have like any specific point. Well, yeah, I mean, we see this, uh, you know, we already have evidence of a full arc here, sort of in Bernard's story. Right. Yes. And we can see like there are a lot of very clear signs in retrospect. Uh, that he was a host all along and you know uh, kudos to us we picked up on those before having to to find that in this episode but um, I think that's spot on I mean and it's actually interesting because Westworld all at once they seem to be excellent on plot continuity like no word uttered is without purpose and that's you know the hallmark of great dialogue and and great writing and I do I, I still maintain that this world is so complicated that they have an imperfect uh, an imperfect record on continuity so far um, mm-hmm. to the old no stick gun shootouts or like, you know, just the goofy, the host letting Maeve come to life and all these glass windows and sending Elsie out with just that guy into the middle of the desert, you right. know, little things like that, that, you know, they're, they're so excited about the story that some of the little odds and ends don't get the attention that uh, some super fans would like. And so anyway, I think we segue now into William and Dolores speaking of, no stakes gunfights. There was a gunfight between when, that they were involved in. Although it is interesting because William's attachment to Dolores does actually give the gunfight stakes because he knows he can survive, but uh, her she's very much at risk. And William all of a sudden is like seeing the light when it comes to Westworld and mm-hmm. feeling like it's changing him completely. He's going to like leave this potential wife of his, kind of losing his mind a little bit, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> we're not not totally sure, but. Uh, what do you make of their storylines? Well, actually, I find that there would be some stakes the further out in the reaches of Westworld they get because it's been made pretty clear that the farther away you get, the rules dissolve a little bit more. And it's not like, you know, if Westworld in the end is like is a at-your-own-risk sort of park, they are pretty far off the reservation right now, it seems. Like they um, – so I think they're actually the stakes – so for me – so for instance – in town, when there's like two guys that shoot each other, no stakes. You know, that's like, you know, that's the Magic Kingdom part of it. And now, you're, you know, there's no nothing that you really need to worry about here. But if you're in uncharted territory in Westworld, you know, we saw his friend get beat up. Um, we saw Logan get beat up in uh, Pariah at the end. Yeah, now, he could still be in jail in Pariah, as far as we know, or have like lost and kind of like gotten a game over, uh, game over screen. And or just, I mean, like getting beat up and getting hurt, like getting actually physically hurt. There are some stakes to that. Now, maybe you're not. Maybe they stop at one, you know, step short of killing you. But the thing is, though, if you if you enter Westworld, but the idea that like the further out you go, the more the risk, you know, the more the risk amps up to you. You know, with that um, with the, that Native American group that I forget what they're called, but um, they Ghost Nation, the Ghost Nation, when they come, I started to feel not look. I did not think anything was actually going to happen to them, um, because that would be pretty crazy. Oh, then the Ghost Nation killed them. That's the end of that storyline. But um, the <laughs> <laughs> like, so I don't think like that's the case. But I do think that there is actual. Um, some stakes now that aren't in that that you don't encounter when you're just in town. So I think so I think that's the only thing that kind of raises that up for me, and the fact that like you know you want Dolores to be protected, and you just want to see their storyline continue. So yeah. I, I I find it to be just a little different. Like the fighting scenes now where, where they are are a little bit di- just different for me than just you know the man in black laying waste to a town because like he just can. So like well, that's I do find them a little just different. Something we we talked to earlier, very early in the season, I think in our first episode of this, where um, 
this this gamer culture idea, right? Because the stakes, yeah, like he, maybe he gets a black eye or something. I, I don't think that's what William's worried about in this instance. But it does remind me of like when you get really far in a video game, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, if I die to Bowser one more time, I'm going to have to start all over. Or like right. I might never get back to this point again. And, and the bigger the emotional attachment from the game, I'm reminded of, of again, live action role play experience where like there were people in the LARP I went to that had developed their character over like eight years and then it just gets killed and it's dead forever. You know, like that's not, you don't actually lose anything in the quote unquote real world, but William is very attached to this storyline and whatever he's finding in himself. And so, yeah, there's real emotion in those scenes for me. And yeah, right. And if Dolores were to die, he knows he probably, he can't just hit reset and just like start back at the beginning. Right. So like he can't Because you have to show up and, and he's actually, well, the man in black actually incidentally has pointed to this, right. Where he's like, you know, he's tried to tug on these threads in the past and like in a choose your own adventure way, he's like, ah, darn it. That was the wrong thread. I got to start all over again. You know? Right. So yeah, that's where the stakes for me lie. Again, I'm not worried about them getting killed. Um, I do, it will be interesting to see sort of where they go. They cross this river. Clifton Collins's character, Lawrence uh, mentions that no one's ever come back from that. He ominously says no one's ever come back once they sort of enter this area, though that could just be part of the program. That sounds like host speak to like, that's our electric fence. You're not allowed to go past that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go out there. Don't go out. Don't head into the forest. You know, bad things happen there. But um, yeah. The village. I, was that a nod to the village? That's it good. was. It was. Um, so I think that's where that storyline, again, I, I could do it. I could, do, I could have had it be 10 minutes less, you know, <laughs> in terms of just, uh, in terms of just, we get it. The guys are in love with each other and we'll kind of move on. It was interesting that, you know, she came across you know, it, it couldn't have happened any other way when she was drawing that picture of the place she'd never seen before. I didn't necessarily think they were going to get to it by the end of that episode, but I thought, <laughs> what I thought it was going to be, what I thought it was going to be was, uh, pre- you see previously on Westworld, her drawing that picture, it'd be like next episode they got there, but they got to it pretty quick, her, her drawing of the place she had never seen before. Well, and let's talk about that a little bit. So your theory on the fact that she drew the exact place that they were going, has she been down this loop before? Um, that's, I... Don't know. That's a good question. I just I, I hadn't actually thought about why she had seen it as much as I just knew she was going to see it. <laughs> like I, I didn't I didn't right. I didn't spend too much time thinking about like the why behind um, about why she had seen it before. I mean, what do you did you is that the sense you got or you had had you not thought? Well, about there are it? a couple of reasons. I mean, the first my first instinct was, oh man, she's like been down this loop before and this is played out and she's come close but no cigar. And then another one was that this could be some of that subconscious programming from Arnold where. Yeah. She, you know, has this vision of in her mind of like, maybe that's where the maze is, for instance, Mm -hmm. Um, or like that's, you know, the one little exit point that you can get out or or whatever, like something has led her to that moment. Um, Because she needs a reason to stop it. It's not just a generic ocean scene. It's like this very specific river through a ravine. And she needs to say, like, let's stop here because we're going to take a left turn while you take a right. Like there needs to be, you know, it needs to be in your program that if you see this, if you see this place, you're getting close, right? Like very few people are going to just wander into this one scene. But if you, you know, you're on the right track when you get to this river running through the valley. So... Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. That is, that's the only thing that lends like a little bit of intrigue to that story. Cause again, I, feel, I do feel at times it goes on a little long. And so the other big thing that came from this, uh, little storyline for me, and this maybe was a small thing, but I thought there was another big time reference that points to William and the man in black being the same person. And by the way, it's just, we've never actually watched a show this way before where you kind of like <laughs> try and figure all the stuff out. Right you know, beforehand. And I just find it to be really fun. So thanks to everyone listening who's interested in the same stuff, but, um, where, so William and Dolores are talking and William says something along the lines of, um, you know, when he was a kid, he used to read these books and 
you know, his, it, that was the only thing he was into, right? He was lonely yep. and he used to live in these books and he says he'd go to sleep dreaming about them or go to sleep reading them. And then he'd wake up inside of one of those books and he felt like those had meaning for him, right? Like they were, uh, they were those stories that he really connected with. And then he says that I feel like in this, I've woken up inside of a story. And he says specifically, I guess I just want to find out what it all means. And then there's an earlier episode with man in black where he says, this whole world is a story and I've read every single page except the last one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just want to find out what it all means and how it ends. Right. And so it's just like very clear that at the very least they have very, very similar motivations. And although the same guy, I mean, like, I don't think we, there's, I'd be, I'd be epically shocked if this was not, if it was not him. Well, the only thing I've read to the contrary and people have like these, they're pointing to potential continuity issues where they're like this tech and that tech were, you know, in the same scenes with the man in black and William and like that debunks the whole thing. I guess that would cautious caution people, especially now that we know about Bernard, that he's a host, like any of those texts could confirm to be hosts if yep. they really feel like they need to clarify any of these continuity issues, or at the very least, if they just never talk about those people, then it's not a continuity issue in and of itself, because even things like not aging are not a sign of you know, or they're not, they don't disprove the two storylines theory, uh, in the world of Westworld. So just another little thing, but one that continues to solidify this theory that I think we're, they're going to put it forth as this big reveal. That's going to hopefully be pretty unsurprising to me. Much more surprising at this point would be is if it turned out to not be the case. That's what I mean. Like I, I would be, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. And the tech, and that's a good point. The text as hosts piece does eliminate all the question marks there or at least yeah it gives you like that's the ultimate out for the writers like they can always just be like yeah dude that's why that's why they all look the same and i don't even think that's going to end up being the issue anyway i think that uh, yeah like i'd be epically epically shocked if it wasn't the case and i guess the last thing i would love to talk about with william particularly is this notion because again this all becomes so much more complicated if he's the man in black or so much more interesting but when he says I've been pretending my whole life, but then I came here and got a glimpse of a life in which I don't have to pretend. How can I go back to pretending when I know what this feels like? Um, it's like so weird because, uh, I mean, it, it also would explain why the man in black just would come back for 30 years and just yep. become completely obsessed with the place. Like, and in, in terms of backstory, they're basically doing backstory in the opposite way. Normally we find out why, way in the future, why the man in black <laughs> really wants to be at this park. And instead we're just finding it out before we really get to what his ultimate conclusion is going to be. But that was just another thing that pointed to me to like, just again, continue to bolster the same old theory. Yeah. Like I said, I think that's uh, I think we're in pretty much lockstep there. I disagree with you. I think he is the man in black. I think William and the man in black are the same. So let the record show, put it on the board. If it turns out I'll be right and you'll be wrong. We're the host podcast of podcasts. If you weren't aware from the 46 minutes previous or all the episodes or all the other episodes, we are a podcast about HBO's Westworld. Awesome. Last episode. Um, excited for the, things to come we'll be back next week to talk about the next one buddy talk to you soon yeah well and if you by the way real quick if you enjoy this uh giving us a rating on itunes would be super helpful um just you know if people are liking it we're hoping to do this so more people can listen so if you think people would find it interesting that'd be a big help to us all right talk to you later bye